Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. Talking Records Podcast. We talk about our favorite records. Talking Records Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Thank you all for listening. You showed up to the right place. Jen and his friends dive deep and analyze the records we have grown to love. We'll tell you how we found the band. Then give you a track by track breakdown of all the songs. So grab your favorite beverage and pull up a seat. Today we'll look at another record in its entirety. Hello, what's up everyone? My name is Jed and you're listening to the Talking Records Podcast. We are huge fans of music, and for us, knowing the backstories and details on how songs are written and records were made is deeply fascinating. Today, I am joined once again by my good buddy, Chris DeSanto. Heavy D, how's it going, Chris? I'm doing phenomenal. I just had the last 20 days or so off, uh, waiting for the new job to kick in. That's right. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> doing a lot of hikes, doing a lot of yoga, you know, cleaning up the, the house, which is nice. <laughs> yeah, feeling good getting a chance to do your own stuff exactly it's nice huh mm-hmm. really looking forward to uh the new job because they they're putting a lot of emphasis on being able to do that doing your own stuff from what i yeah. what i've been experiencing through the interviews you're gonna be working at home from home yes 100 percent from home which is nice awesome. <laughs> I think we all got a good taste of that during the pandemic and it's been like do i do i need an office do i need to go somewhere well also the office i was in i was going in like one day a week uh, so it wasn't terrible but i'd get in there and the it would just have like this weird smell to it and then <laughs> i'm in there a few hours and then i'm just starting to cough and cough like oh, uh, my God. Back your health. Were, we're starting to act up and i swear there had to be something in the uh the ventilation system because Somebody died while everybody was people gone. started coming in as well. They were just doing the same exact <laughs> thing, coughing. And then a few days later, it would just go away. And then I'd have to go back in a few days later. <laughs> Jeez. So yeah, it'll be good to, to be home and have like my own set of uh, yeah. office equipment. You can play your own music while you're working. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Chris. Well, we've tackled some pretty good records on the show, notably Battle Hymns by the Suicide Machines. Today, we are going after Destruction by Definition. Destruction by Definition was released on May 21st, 1996 through Hollywood Records. Hollywood, a division of the Disney Music Group, <laughs> which we touched on when we, we did Battle Hymns. I find still, it so funny that it's Hollywood. still cracks me up. Yeah. Hollywood Records as a division of, of Disney. Like Disney has, it's, Disney isn't Hollywood, but yeah. then again, it is. So that, that always cracks me up too. And, and it cracks me up because it's hardly it seems like the place to expect to find the suicide machines, you know. But I guess if if a label is willing to pay out, you know, to put your music out, why not? I guess you know that's what the band saw it as. It's like, all right, here's this big dumb company that's gonna get our record out there. Fine, good, you do it. <laughs> you yeah, know? and and when you listen to the album, it's like they the the company didn't want to have any say in what they did. They were just like, here, do your thing. 
because yeah. I could see this album going completely different. <laughs> right, if they got their Hollywood mitts on it. Yeah, yeah. But it's crazy because Hollywood was just firing money in like all directions at this time. I mean, I did a little research into like what Hollywood was putting out, and it was just all different genres, all different kinds of music, just crazy stuff. And when I looked into this specific record, they spent nearly a quarter of a million dollars on this record. <laughs> Isn't that insane? Wow. So that includes like promotion and, and any videos that came off of it too, right? Or was yeah, it just, yeah. for just the budget of this record? Yeah. Wow. For a label to spend that much money. <laughs> yeah, that's impressive. <clears throat> Especially for a, a punk ska band. Like, and, and this is one of their very first albums too. Might have released a couple of demos prior to it, but yeah, this came out prior to uh, Battle Hymns. And, and... The album was recorded at A&M Studios in Hollywood. Uh, since 2000, it has been the headquarters of the Jim Henson Company, including the Henson Soundstage and Henson Recording Studios. I, I don't know if you remember when we talked to um, Jason uh, for the Destruction episode. He had mentioned like walking in and seeing like some of the Muppet stuff around <laughs> when they were doing Battle Hymns, but... Again, just like kind of a funny place, uh, but but it's interesting to know because when you're listening to the record, it's like just funny to know that it was recorded in what is now the Jim Henson Company's like soundstage, <laughs> you know, recording <laughs> studios. Yeah, but for like that type of a band, uh, I feel like that environment, that uh, that experience, really helped them out with the album too. Like they they yeah. might have just calmed down, chilled out, or they might have just been like, "Oh, this is so awesome! I can't believe we're here right now." Yeah. So it, one way or the other, it, it might have helped them uh, focus more in on producing such a great album. Sure. And having a good team. I mean, and being at A&M and mm-hmm. the, the, the record was recorded in the winter of 95. It was produced by Julian Raymond, Phil Koffel, and of course, the Suicide Machines themselves. According to Jane Navarro on the In Defense of Ska podcast, a fantastic podcast. I'm sure you've listened to it, Chris. I got to check it out more. Uh, I listened to a couple of episodes, but nothing that I can like pull right out of my head to say, oh, yeah, I listened to this episode. That's good. Listen to this episode. Jay Navarro talks about you know how Julian had reached out to the band. Uh, he'd called Dan's mom's house, <laughs> Dan's <laughs> guitarist, um, and he wanted to come see the band play. Uh, but the band, I guess, didn't really have any shows booked. So he tells a story about how like Julian was just so persistent and said, well, I'll come to a practice. I'll come to a band practice. And, and and Jay talks about like being like super awkward, not wanting to make eye contact with the guy. It's a, it's a pretty good story. So check out in, in the defensive ska. Apparently Julian Raymond likely heard and said he wanted to come see the band on tour. So months oh later on tour with Buck 09, uh, the band ran into some <clears throat> problems. Their van was broken into uh, food, guitars, clothing, and money. All that stuff was stolen right out of their van. I feel like uh, at that time, I'm sorry to interrupt, but at that time, yeah. I feel like everyone was was producing a story similar to that. Like bands yeah. were going on tour in <laughs> bands were broken 96, into. and next thing you know, you hear about them canceling shows or uh, pulling up to like a guitar center or the local guitar shop, and they're like, hey, we need instruments. This happened. Mm. Uh, yeah. It, it was a time, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I think every band has a good like van uh, theft story. <laughs> I know my brother does. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes. Unfortunately, like his, his very first guitar got stolen. So. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. It's infuriating. Once the band hit Baltimore, 
Raymond showed up to a bar show. Frustrated by the low turnout and the theft, the band just played this explosive show uh, in front of Raymond. He, he was probably like the only guy in the crowd, and they just played it off like the room was full, and they just went all out, you know, went nuts. He ended up putting the band up in a motel and offered them a four-song recording opportunity. His plan was he wanted to shop the demo and even promised the band that they could have the tapes if it didn't work out. So, you know, I'm going to shop this thing. If nobody's interested, you can still have the tape. You'll have a good recording of a few songs. They got Break the Glass, SOS, and New Girl uh, as some songs that they did for that demo. And you can hear some of those versions. I know that they've popped up on comps before. The New Girl demo you can hear on the generic ska cock compilation that I've mentioned on this podcast a few times. So they're out there. Probably find one on YouTube too. Many more songs were re-recorded versions of songs from Skank for Brains for the record. The split the machines did with the rudiments. Songs like New Girl, Too Much, Van Song, Hey, and Inside Outside. Uh, and yeah, it's it's fun to hear those like kind of thinner versions if you can find them. Inside Outside and Vans were on the 1994 tape Green World. And Hey and Too Much go all the way back to 1993's The Essential Kevorkian. So it's kind of cool to like go out and find like these older versions of these songs that these guys were doing and see how much they stayed the same or see how much they've changed, you know? Yeah, definitely. It's weird to hear those old versions and then hear the uh, the cleaned up, the very well-produced yeah. uh, versions of full it. Versions. It's, yeah. I don't know which I like better. <laughs> The original first time is very nostalgia, but then like the clean um, can understand the lyrics, can pick out the bass lines and uh, yeah. certain symbols. It's a little on cleaner. The... Yeah. 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 Um, and I like that like Julian Raymond was able to capture their energy. Like some of those early demos sound good and the songs are great, but like without that grit, like that nice big sound. Yeah. I feel like it loses a little bit of that power, you know, and Suicide Machines <laughs> they are, are known for their power and aggressiveness yeah. and just like, you know, yeah. you put on battle mm-hmm. hymns, you put on this record and you're just blown away by the intensity, the ferocity of the music. <laughs> and their other records just don't match it either. Uh, well, yeah. I shouldn't say other records because they did put out some really good stuff later on. But like the next two after battle hymns, I think it was two. Mm-hmm. It, it was more watered down it seemed like it sounded and felt like it wasn't suicide machines yeah they were trying to go more mainstream with it right new songs written on the bucko nine tour were also recorded loud angry songs about the world around them according to jay in hell of a hat a book by the wonderful kenneth partridge i don't know any other way to write and neither did dan navarro said we're not trying to tell stories like Johnny Cash. We're looking in at ourselves and how we approach the world. And maybe if I write the way I feel about things, other people are going to attach themselves and understand because they're thinking the same things. The band spent a month in the studio working on recording their debut, spending Hollywood's money on nice apartments, the expensive studio, engineers, Jerry Finn was involved. The band was just happy to make a good sounding record. The band figured they'd never make the money back, so they just went for it. You know, they're just spending it all. 
if that's what's going to happen, that's what's going to happen. You know, <laughs> you're not going to get it back. Uh, you're not going to get a paycheck to just say, hey, do what you want with it. If it's only for recording, you might as well use every piece that you can, yeah. every, every instrument in the recording studio, every piece right. of. Uh, it, and it really shows, too, throughout this whole album. Uh, it's mm-hmm. it's interesting when you say that because I'm like, oh, where did they get the horns? Where did they get the keyboard from? <laughs> and yeah. they they really did spend. Uh, so it's it shines and it, yeah, impressive. Good for them. Definitely does. Definitely does. And you know, getting good people involved like Raymond and you know, like Jerry mm-hmm. Finn. Jerry Finn, you know, mixed the, th- the mixed the record. Raymond would have the band just layer the instruments you know they would he would double choruses he just wanted to make he just wanted to make the band sound incredibly powerful you know and i know i've heard jay laugh about like doubling his vocals and singing with himself like he thinks it's corny and stuff but you know i i think it sounds really great i i love the the contrast between his voice and Derek grant who sings a lot on this record you know i miss his voice on some of the later records yeah just really awesome stuff really good arrangements you know, I don't think he was heavily involved with anything in terms of like writing songs or like rearranging but just getting the the sound out of this band yeah there's a few songs where he he definitely shines through and you you want that contrast between the vocals because the whole instrument uh layout is is either very very just one time uh or very very punk very just similar all the way through or it's very chaotic where it's like going from genre to genre throughout (laughs) the song and you just want that that difference you you want that uh that that change up that um i don't even know what the word i'm looking for is right now but uh, variance yeah i think variance that's a good word for it change up yeah chris i know that i asked you this when we did battle hymns but maybe uh just take us through it again or tell us how you got into this specific record. So what is your background on this record? How'd you get into this band? How'd you find this record? So the record came much later. Um, the Suicide Machines came on a mixtape my friend Mark had given my brother. And I'm like, oh, well, I'm going to go play some video games. And at the time, <laughs> this was like 98, 99, I think. Yeah. Um, no, probably 97, 98. And I had the regular Nintendo set up in my room, and I was playing the game Skate or Die 2. <laughs> I popped the mixtape in, and during the mall level, uh, New Girl, no, Break the Glass comes on. And for the mm. longest time, I thought that was H2O because it wasn't written down properly on the mixtape. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, for the longest time, I'm trying to find this song by H2O on the internet, yeah. uh, just trying to talk to people about it. And um, nobody has any idea what's going on, what the band is. And I'm like, dude, right. no, this is the song. And then next thing I know, Mark is like, oh, that's that's the Suicide Machines. That's off the album Destruction by Definition. And at the time, <laughs> they had just come out with uh, um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater 2. And I think New Girl is on there. And I'm like, yeah, hey, these, these don't sound the same at all. <laughs> mm. But then I go back and actually listen to the album. And it was uh, it was phenomenal. I I was blown away by it. It, it was everything that I wanted from Battle Hymns, uh, and to just like continue to progress. And it wasn't even um, at that time I knew Battle Hymns 
as their very first album. That's how I knew it. And then I come to find out that they have this one before. Ah. And uh, yeah, so that's how I found out about um, this album. Wait, this is their first record. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I told you the story at the um, the battle hymns of how I actually found out about Suicide Machines and the story of my brother just going into the pit and coming out just looking like haggard. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it, it's it's always uh, those two memories of mine will always be in the back of my head. Like whenever someone says Suicide Machines or battle hymns or just anything related to these guys, those two stories, those two memories are always going to be present. Yeah, that's great. It's great when you can attach like good memories or like funny mm-hmm. memories to <laughs> to getting into a band. I mean, you, I mean, you remember from our conversation uh, when we did Battle Hymns? I talked about one of the great blunders of my life was bailing on their headlining set in Boston because <laughs> yep. I'd come to see some of the opening bands and I got tired. Uh, I still kick myself today, Chris, for like walking out after only three songs. You know, I was familiar with with some of their songs at the time because a friend had put like Numbers and New Girl, and I think Black and White um, was on this like tape, you know, and it was a really good energetic ska and punk, and I, I, I liked it, but I probably just didn't appreciate it at the time, and being at that show, it was just so loud and screamy. I was like, oh, I'm tired. I've had enough, and I left, and to this day, I'm like, oh, my God, you <laughs> idiot. I don't even remember who the opening bands are now. You know, it's like they've faded away. Well, it reminds me of when um, Gob uh, headlined for some or some forty one opened up for Gob at at Fourth Street, and I'm like, oh well, I don't really want to go to that show, but I should. But I don't really have the money for tickets, and then I passed on it. I'm like, ah, some forty one played that show. I should have gone. Yeah. (laughs) See, there's a good show. Those are good early days. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, you know, I got into this record probably after after getting Battle Hymns in college. Um, you know, I went back, just like you. I went back to this record, and I just loved that it was loud and fast, and there were the switch-ups between the verses and chorus were just so quick. You know, we were trying to do that with no intention in the early days. Like, you know, our songs like Shotgun and stuff. We were trying to do the rapid-fire, you know, ska, punk, ska, punk, you know. Yeah, yeah. It was just dizzying the way they would do that and i just love the energy i loved you know after a while once i <laughs> proved on my or you know saw the error of my ways i and i did come to really appreciate the intensity and the, the pissed off like hardcore it's you know screaming and and singing about shoes and <laughs> <laughs> just really like the kind of music you can throw on to get amped up to you know definitely for a show or something yeah yeah anyway i still kick myself for leaving that show i'm ah uh, you know what? It happens, though, so you can't <laughs> kick yourself for, what, 30 years? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, like you time. said, they keep going back and forth uh, between punk and ska and then hardcore. Like, this yeah. album, I feel like, should be taught uh, in music classes. Just how do you change from one genre to the next so quickly and so fluidly? Because mm. they do it so well. Yeah, and they it's, do. It's so mind-boggling, too, how you can keep it up throughout 17 songs and then 22 songs and play with that kind of intensity through a whole show. It's impressive. It is. It really is. They're fun to watch live, yeah. Yeah, they are. Did you watch the Halloween special during uh, COVID? Yes, I did. I did. Yeah, that was fun. They were in those costumes. (laughs) Yeah, it was great. Yeah. 
All right, Chris, let's, uh, let's dive into these tracks. The record starts off with New Girl. Starts in with that great roll from Derek, and right away, you're pulverized by the incredible sound of the record. The drums and guitar tones on this record are just awesome. I love the sound of these instruments. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of like uh, how a band needs to define their sound at this time. The Boston's mm. had Dickie Barrett's voice. Goldfinger mm. had the snare on their self-titled album, and these mm-hmm. guys were just uh, very fluid with their their genre changes in in the middle of the songs. And um, uh, the the cymbal taps on the drums, mm. I hear any song by these guys, and it's like, oh yeah, I know that. That's that's uh, Suicide Machines because it's just so present. The, uh, mm. the the taps, the tink, 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 yeah, tink, 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 yeah, yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. <laughs> it's like in almost every single song Nerds. on the album, and it's just perfect. Yeah, it really is. And Derek was such a great drummer. I mean, I loved him yeah. in the Suicide Machines, the Alkaline Trio. Yeah, he's just he's just great. Kind of a, a, a guy who can do it all, really. Mm-hmm. This this song, New Girl, it it. It's what I envisioned Operation Ivy to be later on if they kept going and refined their sound and made their sound much clearer and uh, produced better. Yeah, <clears throat> got like, a good recording. <laughs> it, it's just so good, so fluid between the genres. And, uh, you know, you've got that gritty sound mixed in with the horns, mm-hmm. the keyboard. Actually, yeah, the keyboards are in this one. I don't think New Girl has horns. No. But the bass line is present too. Oh, that bass line. It's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're a bassist. I'm sure you follow those lines. Yeah. I've I've tried to play a couple of the songs on this album and it's it's very difficult for me. Mm, yeah. Especially at like fifteen, sixteen years old, just starting out. Mm-hmm. Should have yeah. started out with more like Chuck Berry songs. <laughs> yeah. Stand by me. <laughs> Go with something easy. <laughs> yeah. I love how in this song, he's basically rubbing it in. Like, he's rubbing it in the nose of an ex-girlfriend that he's got a new girlfriend. It's, like, so, like, immature, but kind of, like, awesome at the same time, you know? Yeah, it's it's so funny. Just, like, he wants to brag about her, tell everybody, yeah. all the friends, mm-hmm. uh, even all of, like, her friends. And it's, it's great. It's a classic revenge story song. Yeah, especially since like she seemed to think that she was better than him because he, mm-hmm. you know, he had no money and the relationship just seemed no good. So now, now he's excited about this new thing he has going on, and there's like this this bit of gloating. <laughs> That's just <laughs> always funny. He can't wait to tell you all about her. You know, it's like, oh man, I love it. Yeah, in, in that chorus, I love the background vocals too, or the um, the repeat. He can't wait to tell you about her. He can't wait. It's just, it's good. Very yeah, good. Yeah, very catchy, very upbeat, bubbly. It's the right way to start an album like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned Tony Hawk. You know, I never I never played much of Tony Hawk. I didn't get it. I didn't get the song from there. I kind of missed out on that, which is unfortunate. 
I would have loved a good video game with a sweet soundtrack with Mill and Colin and Suicide Machines and Lagwagon on it, but so I don't know. I just kind of missed that. You know, Craig was was big into Tony Hawk, mm-hmm. so you know, I would I would I would get to watch him play. But if I tried to play, I was just like, how do I do it? <laughs> um, <laughs> a lot of good songs on there. In this song, a lot of people learned about this band uh, from that soundtrack, which is really cool. You know, it's a great way, a great different way to get music out there everybody plays video games so like hey let's put some good music on there and you know get it into people's ears and at the time skating too was <clears throat> on the verge of just blowing up like that mm-hmm. and uh snowboarding yeah, like became olympic sports or something like that the x games mm-hmm. came out and yeah Hawk landing the 900 was impressive and, yeah and wow feet, <laughs> nobody had done anything like that and it's just mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it, it became a, a phenomenal uh, soundtrack, and everybody mm-hmm. loved it. Yeah. Great song choice. I mean, New Girl's gone on so many of my mixtapes. It's just a great quintessential ska punk track, you know. So it, it represents the Suicide Machines really well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, all right. The next song is S.O.S. I love how bubbly this thing is. It starts yeah. out so perfect, so fun and lively, and you just want to dance and throw your hat up in the air, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a really good song. I love that organ sound. He's calling for scene unity, uh, whether it's you know music scene or any scene. I mean, it's just, you know, I take a look around. I don't like what I see. A bunch of people who don't know shit about unity. The tension is building, and... Yeah, the song is appropriately titled SOS. You know, we need help. We need, we need to save this situation, save the scene, whatever whatever they are whatever they're trying to do. And, I mean, um, maybe not even just the scene. Uh, I'm sure you've got better notes on it than I do, but it's it's could be a call to just like the world too. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, '96, the the Berlin Wall had just come down a few years prior, so mm-hmm. there was a whole mess out there, <clears throat> and. Yeah. Racism was still pretty rampant. Uh, it it was just a call to like being unified, being human, realizing mm-hmm. that everybody's different and they need to just accept it. At least Trying that's what to. I took out of it. I, I mean, back then I wasn't really into a scene, so reading the lyrics, uh, that's that's more of what I I took from it. Yeah. Just say, so, yeah, we need help. Like the, yeah. as a people, yeah. the world, just like we need we need to come together. We need to stop. Yeah fighting over our differences and fighting over money and power and we need to unify and look at the real demons you know it's not our neighbors we shouldn't be fighting our neighbors we shouldn't be fighting our you know our our teenagers downtown we shouldn't be fighting our our you know all these these things that people get into these squabbles you know but meanwhile people are just more than happy to let you know these big corporations and government just like get away with doing whatever the hell they want to do and, and <laughs> screw the environment and self <laughs> against your neighbor and who yeah, knows so. what else. Uh, it's, mm. it's gross. It's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I love this song. I, I love the weird, like little reggae part in the middle, <laughs> like toward the end where he's like, the bomb is going to stop. The bomb is going to pop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, like weird little part. It's cracking. They do up. that a couple of times. Uh, I think it's later on in the album. They have another little like reggae, uh, breakdown 
too. Yeah. And uh, again, it goes back to their diversity for for genre and being able to mix things in so well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> Another neat little nugget I have on this song, Chris, that I I think is absolutely fascinating is there's a video for the song. I don't know if you've ever seen the video, but I've never seen it. No. Check it out. So a couple things uh, to know when you're watching it is that Derek didn't want to make a video. He didn't want to be in it. So they actually got Brooks Wackerman to come in and play drums oh. for the video. So Brooks Wackerman, as you know, is a drummer who's who's traveled. He's he's played in all kinds of bands. Yeah. Um. He uh he's he's on drums and according to. Jay on the In Defense of Scott podcast, Nick Offerman, a young Nick Offerman had a hand in making the video. So if you don't know who Nick Offerman is. Oh, I Nick definitely Offerman, know who Nick Offerman yeah. is. <laughs> Nick Offerman yeah, I got is a like, kind of like him. Got to grow it out yeah. a little bit more. But. <laughs> yeah. Well, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite sitcoms of all time. So <laughs> I, I found that out. I'm like, that's amazing. Like, you know, because these, all these actors and and singers and like famous people. I mean, they all had to get their start somewhere, like doing projects, doing things. Like they were probably like a like an intern on this, or like helping mm-hmm. out with that, or just trying to get their their foot in the door here. You know, like yeah. And to learn these like little nuggets. Like I learned once <laughs> that John Bon Jovi was like a teenage kid who was like helping out in a studio where this like god awful Star Wars Christmas record was made. Oh, I didn't <laughs> know it's, John like, Bon Jovi that's was amazing. A <laughs> yeah, he was a teenager. Wow, interesting to know. <laughs> but anyway, cool video. Check it out. Brooks on drums. Uh, Nick Offerman involved somehow. Jay, of case, Jay Navarro was like, oh, I don't even know who the guy was. But uh, pretty cool. Pretty cool. So I, I did have a question. Um, and I don't know if this is, if you know the answer or if this is just me thinking too much about the song. But mm. um, I know there's like a standard Morse code uh, for SOS. But I don't mm-hmm. actually know it, and I'm wondering if the <clears throat> the song is like timed to that, or if there's any sort of <laughs> breakdown to it. If, that if they were amazing. that ingenious to to do something like that, that would be cool. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna look into that, man, because now I want to know. <laughs> and I've heard the SOS like Morse code thing a billion times. Like I can I can hear it in my head right now. But I'm like, mm-hmm. how would they do that on drums or something? <laughs> Or if there's like a, a backtrack to it or something. I don't know. It was, I was listening to I think to we're getting too clever. I think like, we're getting too clever. Oh, Morse code though. <laughs> could, that, could they have done something like that? Just to be mm. that uh that meta? <laughs> <laughs> Back in ninety six. Tells me probably not, but <laughs> but one can hope. Break the glasses next. Just a huge, huge chorus on this song. Like, let's just make this thing a mountain, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> this is one of my favorite songs on the entire album. Just yeah. from like a nostalgia perspective, uh, from a music perspective, mm-hmm. it's just a great song. It starts out such a hard punk rock song. Mm-hmm. They've got the the vocals hitting you right in your face too. It's it's impressive. Great song. This is a song written by Dan, uh, the guitarist. And Julian, MVP, just layering those guitars, you know, getting those good guitar tones 
I had the guitar chords, you know, a lot of them p being played open, so you just get that big, you know, that big ringing sound. Yeah, just a mix of a lot of stuff that he got in there just to make it sound amazing. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not an expert. I'm not like a studio person. I don't know how these people do these things, but they have techniques. You know, they do certain things that can really capture these big sounds. And he knew he wanted to make those choruses huge. Like, I love the lyrics too. Um, I mean, you can think about it any way you want to with this song. It starts out, there's something about myself I can't control, yet it happens time and time again when I'm trying to be. Well, I smash it down and break it down when I'm trying to be. It's like, what's going on there? What is the narrator trying to get across? Are they just like, are they going through something or mm -hmm. personal in their life? Or is there mental issues that they're trying to break through as well? Mm -hmm. uh, is, is there a block in their life that they're trying to just smash down and accept and continue to move forward? That, yeah. That's how I feel the entire song is. Uh, it's, it's trying to just break down a wall that you can see past, but you can't quite reach through. Oh, yeah. So, like, break the glass. The see -through. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I know, well, you know, that quote from earlier about Jay saying, we just write. We just write how we feel, and if people connect to it, you know, they take, they take whatever they, they take from it. And uh, that's awesome. I like that interpretation. When you asked me to, to do this earlier in the summer – it really helped me focus, uh, especially on the job hunting aspect, too, because I, I had to break down that wall. I had to break mm. through that confusion, that uncertainty, that yeah, lack of confidence I had about going back out into the job market. 38-year-old mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, water manager is going to look at in, is right. in my, my terms. Definitely helped me get better at what I was looking for, focus in on something. I hope you put that you like ska music on your... <laughs> your resume <laughs> i didn't but i have to give a fun fact at the uh the town hall where i get introduced so maybe it'll be that <laughs> <laughs> nice so talking about the lyrics and stuff uh the song has actually gone through a few transformations like i said earlier it's a song that they've had for a little while early demos just have the band repeating the break the glass part um so the chorus is just break the glass break the glass uh, and maybe Derek, I'm thinking, came up with the response because he's the one. Break it. He came up with that break it down response part, which I just think is so great. I love that. I'm glad they added oh, that in I there. I still remember playing just like Tony Hawk and hearing that. There's like mm. three songs on that soundtrack I always played, and there's one of them. Like, yeah. I can picture doing like a kickflip or hitting a grind <laughs> over a gap. It's cool. Yeah, listen to that old version. The guitar, that great guitar riff has is, is always been there, though, and I love that part. And I love how Jay yells, break me, myself, <laughs> in <Yeah>. there. <laughs> it's just great. I love listening to this stuff in headphones, you know, when I'm doing these episodes and just, like, really listening for for the things you've probably heard a billion times in songs, but you just hear them. You don't necessarily even know what they're saying. You know, you, just, you hear the tones of their voices. Mm -hmm. And then you finally go and you're like, what's, what's he actually saying there? You know, what's being yelled at this point? You know, and you you find out and it's just great because then the next time you hear it, you actually hear it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I, I did that a few times with this album, too, as we were going through it because they, they scream words. They, they sing so fast, too. And yeah, it's. It can be unclear at times, but at the same time, they're saying it perfectly clear. <laughs> well, that reggae part in SOS we were just talking about, that um -ba -ba, um -ba -ba. Yeah, like, I never yeah. knew what the hell he was saying there. <laughs> I don't think it's even written down in their lyrics, so I don't think anybody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. 
Another cool fact about this song is it was featured in the soundtrack to the film of an American werewolf in Paris. So, you know, you're on Hollywood Records. You're going to get an opportunity to get your your songs into a few movies. We talked about with Battle Hymns how they got a song into a movie. So, uh, an yeah, American wasn't werewolf. Wasn't it in uh, Brink they got that in? Yeah, the, the role uh, The inline movie. skate movie. <laughs> Love <Yeah>. that movie. <laughs> That was a big American American werewolf in Paris is a little cooler, I think, but <laughs> uh, although maybe not, maybe not, <laughs> maybe not. I'm not a judge of good movies, but <laughs> <laughs> well, if it's got a Suicide Machine song in it, it's a good movie, I think. All right, I'll have to check it out again. Next song is called No Face. I like the, the cadence of how the lyrics and melody come together. The, I know, they know, don't drink, drive slow, insane, no brain, dress down, look, playing, big fun, no gun, no girl, got her. I love that, man. <laughs> <laughs> Every time that comes on, I'm like singing in my car. and Try and do it in one breath, too, because it seems yeah. like he's doing it in one breath. Right. I know. <laughs> he probably is, although knowing, knowing what I know about recording vocals... <laughs> There are ways that you can get something like that out there without having to actually do it in one breath. But an awesome song. I love the organ sounds in this one, like SOS. It's got that real nice bubbly underlying organ sound that Derek is, is adding to these songs. And again, like I you know, like I miss his vocals, I miss I miss the organ in a lot of the newer stuff, you know? Yeah, I love the organ. Um it comes out of nowhere in a lot of these songs too. Uh it's fun <laughs> mm-hmm. when you can hear the organ. Um, at, at times, I think the organ is, is kind of better than horns in ska. Uh, yeah, I like a good organ. I like the yeah. aggro lights. You know, I like in the slackers <laughs> when you can hear Vic just going going to town on the keys, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. This song kind of reminds me of like an uh, The End of the World song uh, by R.E.M. Just the way he's he's able to just throw these lines out there so quick, so fast. Which they covered on Steal This Record, so that's kind of yeah, funny that you yeah. said that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This was the second single from the album after SOS, which I always thought was kind of funny. I mean, well, you know, what's a single? I mean, it was <clears throat> something that uh, the re- label tried to promote, uh, I guess. It was never a single. Like, I didn't hear this on the radio or see a video for it on MTV, but probably trying yeah. to go after that really kind of poppy, you know, kind of repetitive Prompt's dead, red, life sucks, dead head. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and then it gets real dark at the end, too. This line here, I, I will never forget th- this because <clears throat> I was listening to it when I actually heard about uh, Columbine happening. Mm. Like, well, I don't know where I went wrong, and I don't know if I can wait that long, but every time that I hear another kid died through a senseless acts of violence, it makes me want to yeah. cry. Every time I hear that, I, I always just go right back to the way I felt when I heard about Columbine. It was so close to the time of me finding out about this band. Um, I was in eighth grade, too. Yeah, was 99. Yeah. So, like, the, the whole fact that senseless acts of violence happens all the time mm-hmm. through whatever means necessary or unnecessary, I should say, it it brings to light that like it's, it's not just uh, adults that are getting hurt by these senseless acts of violence. Children are are losing the opportunity to, to grow and learn. And it's, it's sad. Uh, 
But yeah. you know, they, that's that's what they sing about. They they sing about the life around them, and they're from Detroit, so uh, yeah, in a city. Uh, yep. Yeah, <clears throat> that city's got a lot of issues, uh, especially back in the '90s. So it's mm-hmm. it's it was very eye opening at that time. Yeah. For me. And, and it's, it, I love this song, everything about it, even the way I feel when that line hits. It's just, <laughs> it's nostalgia. But at the same time, it's something you, you just got to keep pushing through. Mm-hmm. Um, take it and remember it and, and hold on to it, but also learn from it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, being aware and trying not to become desensitized to it. Yeah. You know? Let's take a look at Hey. A song about being young and not really questioning things. This no one ever told me I was going to get older, turn 21, and I thought my life was over. It took a long time to get where I am now, and I'm not going to sit around wondering how. <laughs> I love that the intro to this song is 50 seconds long. I know, I know. And the song is only <laughs> 2 minutes and 35 seconds. <laughs> yeah. And of course, it's got Vinny from Bim Scala Bim. Yeah, uh, and then eventually the Pilfers playing trombone. He's just he has such a distinct trombone sound, like it's just that blaring. It so it's trombone so loud. It's so crisp and clean. It's one of those things, like I said, how everyone has a, a signature to their albums, and anytime mm-hmm. you hear Vinny on trombone, you just know it's him. Or, or a trombone. I don't know how you know. too? I know horns all sound the same. How yeah. do I know that it's him? He just has like a. a a way of playing yeah, that is yeah. distinctly video noble. You know, it's like, <laughs> mm-hmm. yep. if I hear him on something, like a ba- if a band brings him in and I just, I hear that <laughs> like that loud trombone, I'm like, that's Vinny. That's Vinny. Yep. Or it's someone trying to be like Vinny, you know? I love that. It opens up with like a metal breakdown too. Yeah. And then it, it just goes like right into this weird ska hip dance music that you can just throw your arms out and throw care to the wind too. It's a great. Yeah, there's saxophone on it too. So you yeah. got Vinny on there and then you've got Larry Klimas who's um, he's a jazz musician. I tried to, I was like dying to know how they got him in on there. Probably Hollywood, you know. Yeah. But, um, Cool to have those horns. They do like the, you know, the very sharp like horn lines, and yeah, it goes from like this metal intro to like sky. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah. I love this song. <laughs> I love how it takes forever to get started too. And then it only lasts like a minute after. But then it's over. One, two, three, then 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 you're skanking, and it's like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I love these songs, man. All these songs like on this record are just so classic, and I've been listening to them forever, and I'm just like. These are the songs, you know, like I talk about my love for ska music and all the bands and stuff. And it's just these are the songs that I listened to over and over and over and over again back in the day. And it's just, you know, it's just they're so great. They're, they're still on my playlists today. What, <laughs> like 30 years later? Yeah. <laughs> so <clears throat> they, they wrote classics. And yeah, they really it's, did. It's impressive that they, they're still playing music. Mm-hmm. All the bands really are still playing music. Yeah, still out there. <clears throat> Let's move on to our time. Got no, got no time, got no time 
This is a song that was written last minute in the studio. Jay and Royce put it together real quick. Um, I I thought that was kind of a cool story as I was listening through it, though. I was like, our time? Shouldn't it be called no time? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking that, too, especially reading through the lyrics. Yeah. So like, did they mislabel this or did they just, I don't know, did they not think it through? Like, I don't know. It's probably Anything's possible. <laughs> right. <laughs> Anyway, it's a super fast ska punk song. It's got the dual vocal trade-offs between Jay and Derek, which I just love. Oh, it's so good hearing those two back-to-back. I just love when it kicks into that chorus. It's just, yeah, it's a great, great song. And so much happens in two minutes, like the back and forth, the the ska Mm -hmm. to punk, the ska to punk. And this this is where I really heard the taps, the ting 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 on the cymbals. And I'm like, that's Mm -hmm. this that's a distinctive sound Suicide Machines has. Yeah. And once I focused in on it, I'm like, I can hear that throughout the entire album. Wow. Isn't that funny? Like when you hear a thing and then you're like, you're super hyper fixated on it. Yeah. yeah. Wow, they do that a lot. (laughs) I can hear it. Like, oh, where can I where can I hear this in this song? (laughs) (laughs) Love it. It's a song about fighting against a system you don't believe in and trying not to get sucked in. In this song, Jay sings about wanting more out of life than just consumption and the seemingly meaninglessness existence people are happy to settle for. Like, you know, do we have a function? Does anybody care? Like, what you know, what's it all about? Why are we here? What are we doing? Is this really what we want? Yeah, you know, I related a lot. To take that. me away. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the lyrics definitely promote a strong message of breaking out of the box, breaking out of the norm mm. and just going about what you want to do. Um, yeah. Even if you know, these are, you're doing the nine to five, but then what do you do after? Most people yeah. sit around and watch TV after go out, experience <laughs> the world, uh, go for a hike, go for a walk, just around the neighborhood. Even you experience so much more that way. Yeah. And you did with all that time off, man. You must have loved it because, I mean, we get so sucked into our job sometimes, you know, it becomes yeah. such a huge part of our lives and we have to stop and be like, I am not my job. Like, you know, like mm-hmm. my job should not yeah. consume any it, more time than is necessary. <laughs> it, it took up so much of my time that I was finding it hard to just leave uh, the house. Uh, it's awesome. one of the reasons I started doing yoga because um, I wanted to get yeah. out of the house. I wanted to experience something new, something exciting. And yeah. I took a lot of hikes just around my uh, West Springfield and Holyoke, did mm-hmm. a lot of the New England trail in this nice. area. Um, I haven't ventured too far out of it, but I want to. Mm-hmm. Fortunately, the snow's coming, so it won't be much time for that. <laughs> <laughs> That's when you get your snowshoes. Yeah, I got to get those big wide <laughs> ones. <clears throat> Let the dogs pull you around. <laughs> uh, maybe not Charlie, you little guy. <laughs> I don't know those little guys are pretty feisty. Oh, he's feisty. <laughs> Let's move on to too much. This is a song sung mostly by Derek. Um, he has the more kind of like, I don't want to call it like a squeaky voice, you know, but like. <laughs> it is he, um, definitely a higher pitch. It's a higher pitch voice. I know that when Dan <laughs> sings on other places around the record, he has like a lower tone. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, you can hear. 
all these guys throughout the record. It must have been fun to do the vocals. Like I like I like records where you got a lot of vocal things happening, and I can only imagine that it's fun in the studio to like just lay all that vocal stuff out. <laughs> yeah, I, I I keep thinking about how this record was done vocally and. Or even just musically, too, because they're going back and forth through so many genres. Uh, the ska and then punk and then ska, ska and then punk. punk. Hardcore, yeah. Hardcore. And it's just like, okay, when do you find the time or do you just break up the song and you record the ska part? Do you record the the drums for the ska part, too? Or mm. do, you, do you just do this one set of vocals? I've never really been in a, a recording studio, so I don't know the process. I like to think about that. Uh, if, if I were in there, how would I record this type of an album? Yeah, a lot of switch ups, a lot of mm-hmm. quick stops, and then like going in another direction. You're right. Like they'll go from like a like a hardcore part or a punk part, and then all of a sudden one, two, three, four, then then you know, it's all of a sudden it's into something completely different, like a whole different vibe. <laughs> it definitely keeps the listener engaged, one hundred percent. Yeah, because you, you don't know what to expect next. You're you're feeling the rhythm, you're feeling the beat, and then all of a sudden it changes, and you're like, "Oh wow, where'd that come from?" Mm-hmm. Even even and, today, I still enjoy the the spontaneity of it. Yeah, and I think they must have done a lot of it live because I mean, Derek is everywhere on this record, and you can hear a lot from his drum mic. Like, there's a lot of count offs and random yells. If you listen really carefully with headphones. Derek is like not quiet <laughs> while he's playing the drums. <laughs> he's back there yelling and you know a lot of random stuff. And yeah. for me, it's just such a fun record to listen to vocally with all that stuff. I mean, I, I love it. Like I said before, I love it when bands do that. I love it when they leave that stuff in. Like they probably could have like faded those those drum mics out or something. But no, nah, you got to leave Derek in there yelling in the background. <laughs> like good jazz records, sometimes you listen to you can you can hear the musicians like talking or like counting or even like. Thelonious Monk would be like humming along while he played the piano and you could hear him. And it's like, I just love that kind of stuff. <laughs> you know, nowadays we're talking about, you know, we talk a lot about music on this podcast and the music of nowadays is just done on like computers and it's like, it loses a lot of that, that light. And, and you soul. can edit anything out. I mean, you, you can make everybody sound perfect and it's like too perfect. Where's, where's the, the hit of the drumstick on the snare accidentally or like the yeah. wrench. Wasn't supposed <laughs> you need to that stuff. There. Look, bands are going to start manufacturing fake, uh, fake uh, flubs, and yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what would sound really great right here if you accidentally hit the the rim. Hit your knee. <laughs> let it. I love how this screen. song is like two songs put into one too. Yeah, it basically is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to islands. This is possibly a song about trying to like reach your dreams, but you know they seem hard to reach at times. Like it's it's hard to reach an island, I guess. You know, people people are telling him what to do. He sings, everybody's telling me I got to move faster, but he just wants to, you know, focus on his own thing. He sings, everybody's worried that they'll never get their share. I get left behind because I wasn't ever there. And whether he wasn't there physically because he was off chasing his own thing or even maybe mentally because his mind was on what he'd rather be doing, (laughs) the message seems pretty clear that he has definitely like a different path, you know, different ideas than most people. It's that whole like individualism 
kind of thing, you know? Originally, I thought this song was Diamonds in the Sky instead of Diamonds <laughs> in the Sky. <laughs> diamonds in the Sky. And, and, and again, they were doing some LSD with we the Beatles and they wrote about yeah. how um, <laughs> you, you never really think about it until you, you just listen to it and you, you say what you hear. And yeah. I always heard Diamonds in the Sky because that was like, oh, you're reaching for something you will never get because. Uh. But then again, you could also think about islands being in the sky, so you're reaching for something you could never get. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But this song definitely holds a place in my heart uh, yeah. because it takes me back to the time when, and I tell a lot of stories. I'm a storyteller. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we keep inviting you on here. <laughs> I love it. I always think about my brother. And when he was 18, 19 years old, he went on tour for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it was like, what if my parents weren't supportive of that? What if they were just mm. like, no, you stay, uh, you mm. get a job and you work towards college or no, it's, it's such a dumb dream. You, you'll you never make it. You'll never go there. Like, right. What would his life have been like if he'd gotten that kind of support? Instead, oh, totally. Yeah. That kind of ridicule, I should say, instead of support about his dreams. And right. he's still playing music today. Maybe he wouldn't be if he had gotten that type of uh, backlash on it and the the song to me is more of like what kind of support are you getting for your dreams mm. you're not getting anything so does that make your dreams unattainable no everyone should have attainable dreams everyone should be able to have the support for it too yeah everyone's telling you what they think you should do and it's like exactly yeah what about what i want to do <laughs> i want to go make music i want to go get in a van and tour and maybe get my van broken into you know <laughs> All right, let's take a look at The Real You. A song about phony people. Jay sings, you're not the person I once knew. You're not the you that I'm used to. I love that. All this wool is bugging my eyes and I never realized behind that plastic shell you cannot even tell. It has those taps again. It's it's yeah. one of the songs that you can very clearly and very definitely hear that it is a suicide machine because they're hitting that symbol. Ting, yeah. ting, ting, ting. Once again, mm-hmm. love the lyrics of this song too. They're, they're just so straightforward about being yourself, uh, not yeah. hiding behind anything, putting yourself out there. Mm-hmm. Drop a fake <laughs> act, you know? Right. Yeah. <clears throat> It's hard to get close to a person. It's hard to really know someone when you feel like you can't penetrate their, the, you know, this act that they're putting on, whether it's through insecurity or like, I don't know, man, there's just some people that I've never really been able to, to connect with. You or feel understand. like there's something more behind what they're giving you. And it's just yeah, like, like, who are you? Come on, <laughs> just let, yeah. let it go. You don't have to be Relax a salesman. A all the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so story time. Okay. <laughs> I was uh, I was a dishwasher at a local bar called Glory Days. It was my very first job. Oh, yeah. I absolutely <laughs> loved it. Yep. And I'm playing this song, and uh, a soon-to-be mother who's the bartender walks in, and they go into the breakup uh, or, like, the, um, the screaming match back and forth. She yep. walks in right as uh, Jay is screaming, uh, can I say it on the on the air? Oh, let it <laughs> fly, bitch! And she just goes, "Oh, well, that's great language." And I just go, "Oh, well, 
that's perfect because you're a, a soon mother to be to have that kind of reaction. And, and we just both just crack up. <laughs> and the song oh, you got your mom ears on. Yeah. yeah. I love that part. That so that's Bridget West from NY Loose. Oh, I don't know that. that. Okay. That female shout. Yeah, she goes, Motherfucker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I always love that. I love that part. Yeah. And like to this day, I, I even remember I was mopping the floor. <laughs> I was all the way at the other end of the, the kitchen, mopping the floor, just about done. And she comes walking in right as that that happens. I turn around because I wasn't expecting anybody. <laughs> kind of startled Whoops. me. Should hit the hit the yep. mute button on that part. Yeah, uh, it's a lot of stories from this album. A lot of great feelings from it too. I love it. Yeah, yeah, because we listen to it so much. I mean, it's 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 in the background of so yeah. many good yeah. moments. You know, this song in particular is another song that just switches super fast between Scott and punk. It's got lots of backing vocals. <laughs> It's definitely one of the the great like whole crowd sing along songs that they could do live, and you know just a lot of mics being thrust into crowds. You know, it's just a fun. Yeah. I want to see the real yo. I love that yeah. guttural, just like throw. Yeah, yeah, Derek. Yep. Yeah. Love that. Let's take a look at face values. Another song about just being yourself. Drop the act. You're not better than anyone else. It's a song about individualism. Jay sings, Just because I don't look like you or act like you, it doesn't make me any better or worse. You hate yourself because you're not like them. Well, understand that this is wrong. You know, stop trying to be like other people. Be you. It's it's quite simple. They've they got quite a few songs on here that really celebrate individualism, which I think I just think is so important. I remember being like a young kid and just being so irritated how about how like so many people were just like afraid to be themselves, like afraid to like. I went to Westfield State, you know, where everybody liked South Park, listened to Dave Matthews Band, and you know, not that you know. Okay, if that's your thing, cool. But when everybody is just doing that, like everybody <laughs> yeah and you, you, just you have these people that are like yeah i like it too and you're like no you don't why are you saying you like it well because everyone else like you'd be a weirdo or you'd stand out if you went against it and so many people are afraid to do that they just fall back into the the box we were talking about earlier on you, you just mm-hmm. go with the flow this is what society wants from you mm-hmm. uh and, and the lyrics about this thing are just like no don't stop it and if you don't have any friends, you're going to find friends because they're going to see this is the exact same thing happening and they're going to latch on to what you enjoy. So yeah. go out, be yourself, do what you want to do. And I love it. Miss those. Yeah. You're going to miss those people. If you're too busy trying to impress the people that you don't even really care about, like these, these phony balonies, you know, <laughs> it's a minute, 20 seconds of just pure positivity, reaching out there, finding your own way, doing it your own way being your mm-hmm. own thing yeah and it's another song sung by Derek and I had to go on YouTube for this one I wanted to watch him sing this and play it because it's always fun to watch him like pound out these quick switch up <laughs> drum parts and like try to sing these fast songs live <laughs> it's just it so is funny. so impressive I love to it. see a drummer just even just a drummer sing I know um, and then be able to do it this well with all those changes and whatnot 
Yeah. I want to see him do it live too. If I ever see a band where the same, like when I saw Snuff play once, I just sat there watching Duncan play drums and just like singing as fast as his, his mouth could move and just being like, wow, <laughs> I can barely play guitar and sing. It's crazy. <coughs> Let's move on to Punk Out. I believe in this song, he's speaking to a parental figure who has never really been there for him. I was just you know, about to ask that. Yeah. Like, yeah, what, you were talking earlier he, about parental support. What, what is he know? doing? What is he uh, reaching out to? It sounded like a friend, could have been a parental mm-hmm. figure based on some of those lyrics. Yeah, I was, I was reading it and I was like, okay, so I, and I haven't got a word to say to you on a roll when I was 13, head over heels when someone kissed me. When I needed someone, you weren't there. Like... Here are these accomplishments, and you know, here's a special thing that happened to me. But you weren't there for me to, you know, I couldn't tell you about it, right? I, I didn't have your support or your your pat on the back or your, you know, that's that's kind of what I took away from this. Yeah, same here. Earlier on in the lyrics, I'm like, oh, is he talking about a friend? And then once he hit that that verse, I'm like, oh, maybe it is a parental figure. Mm. Uh, and then later on too, it gets even more depressing, and that's when you really. D- figure out that it's probably a parental figure, mother, father, uh, or even just a guardian, someone there, mentor to, to just ask about, ask, mm-hmm. ask questions about, look for support from. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it might be the longest song on the album too, which maybe <laughs> it, it, <laughs> pretty impressive. Two minutes and 44 seconds, uh, roughly. Yeah. Yeah. The chorus is mostly, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it, and I don't think it's an apologetic one, you know, as much as it's like regretful. Like, I, like I'm sorry. Like, man, you really let me down. Like, I'm sorry it had to be that way. It could have been so much better. You know, that's the that's the I'm sorry tone I get from from the chorus. It could also be the other side. So, like we were talking about, is it the friend? Is it the parental figure? Mm-hmm. Could the chorus be that person being like, I'm sorry I wasn't there. I'm sorry I couldn't be there. I'm so sorry this happened. Mm, it's the other side, yeah. Could it could be the other side. Sure. Or uh, th- that's the way I see it. I didn't see it from your perspective originally, but now that I do, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it could be one or the other. Definitely. No, I like I like different interpretations. We've we've talked about that a lot on, on yeah. here. Yeah. Um it'd be cool if it was two sides of a a relationship, you know, exploring both sides. Well, yeah, maybe sometimes there is that's all someone can say is I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, it, it, yeah. They they have their reasons, they have their excuses, uh, but you know, they just mm-hmm. say I'm sorry. All right, the next song is Van Song. Worship Jeff Spicoli, not Chris Cornell. Wear Chucks, not Doc Martens. <laughs> it's basically, it's basically an infomercial for shoes, but it's yeah. done in jest. You know, uh, I don't get the sense that the band were like so moved by shoes that they they wanted to create this like little advertisement jingle thing that they wrote. <laughs> I just think they like the shoes and they just made a silly song in their practice space. But it's interesting because this song has been banging around since like the Green World days you know like this has been around a while 
It definitely has. I, I love this song. I don't know how it came about. It's it's so silly. It feels something like, oh, maybe they were <clears throat> recording and someone walked in with brand new Vans on. And yeah. there's two minutes of inspiration right there to write a silly song. <laughs> it, it feels like something that they they needed to continue burning up the budget for the the, the album. And they just mm. threw this one in there. They Let's blew throw it bands out on there. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. Let's get a good recording of the song we've been doing forever. You know, it's a, probably a live <laughs> staple in the early days. And they were like, yeah. we got to do it. We, let's record it. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and then probably came out good enough. They're like, oh, this, go, this is going on the album. <laughs> yeah. it, it, and again, it's another song about just being individual. Um, everyone's wearing Doc Martens. Everyone's wearing Birkenstocks. Uh, mm. I just want to wear my beat up ratty Vans. Why? Because they're comfortable. I enjoy them. They make me feel good. Yeah. And here's where I diverge. So I'm going to go on a a little tangent that nobody cares about. If you want to hit, if you're listening to this and you want to hit the skip forward 15 seconds button, go for it. But I could never wear cool sneakers, Chris. I was like, you know, Vans, Chucks, I always tried to wear them, but those flat bottoms, man, they just destroyed my feet and knees. I know I sound like an old fart, but even when I was like 18 years old, those shoes killed my feet. They definitely did. Same here. Um, I would I would much rather wear like, the uh, the shoes I got from working at McDonald's, <laughs> or like because I I inline skated a bunch, so I had the ones with the like the grind plates on them. So I'd rather mm. wear those. <laughs> the, I need my arch support, they have, like, man. The arch, yeah, arch yeah. support. <laughs> Which sucks because they don't make they do not make cool shoes. That are also like functional. I know you can buy inserts. Everyone always tells you just buy the inserts. I'm like, yeah, 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 okay. But like, they just don't make cool shoes. You don't want to have to adapt and change the shoe. No, no, no. You want to buy, and you're paying top dollar for them. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to pay all that money for shoes, I mean, they should tickle my feet. You know, I don't know. They should feel good. But exactly, yeah. I just can't wear them. I end up buying like the alien spaceship shoes with like the five different colors on them and like, you know. I'm just like, oh, God, I'm not cool. I'll never be cool <laughs> in my British nights. Uh, the ones with the lights on them, right? So you can be seen <laughs> during hiking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I just wanted the kind of shoes where you, like, you could kick the ground and a knife would come out of the front. Like, you know, you've seen those old movies. Like, Oh, yeah, like buy James those? Bond shoes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a pair of dress shoes or like a bazooka just pops out of the heel. I don't know. Right? That'd be awesome. <laughs> I always All wanted right. to tie like uh, – uh, rocket or not rocket launchers, but like um, sparklers <laughs> oh, <laughs> to my skates yeah. and like see if it would actually push me. That'd be cool, like Wiley Coyote. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's reel it back in here. The next song is "Insecurities." <laughs> As the title suggests, this is a song about insecurities. Jay and Derek sing, What is the matter with me? It seems that no one even cares. I'm blinded by my innocence. Will no one be there for me? He speaks throughout the song about social insecurities, being able to talk to people, uh, you know, not being good enough, stuff like that. You know, stuff I think that we all definitely could identify with, uh, you know, back when we were in high school and we heard this stuff. But even, you know, today, get a little of this, you know? Yeah, for sure. 
I mean, everyone's got to be insecure about something. Um, society has just gone absolutely crazy that like <clears throat> there's money, financial insecurities, there's mm. personality insecurities. Um, mm-hmm. But the way these guys bring it out with this song, it's you don't realize it. You don't see it until it actually is an issue. Like, um, <clears throat> could I just never see held people at arm's length? Mm-hmm. Uh covered in blankets of imagination where I can talk to people without a second thought. Like, are they wrapping them? Literally that is a visualization of someone just being under the bed, not knowing what to do. And so they're just talking to themselves. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Good lines in this one. Yeah. Very good. And I love how they both sort of sing, you know, this one line at a time and then at the same, like one at a time and then the same. And then it's like, it's like, what is the rhyme or reason to it? But you just have a lot of voices on here. And I like, I like that. And then you've got that cool descending guitar line from Dan, which adds to it, which is awesome. I love the cadence too. Held uh, mm-hmm. back by a little break there. Walls mm-hmm. of security that I could, I just could never see. Held people's at arm's length, devoid of human. I, I can't do the cadence without the, the song up. <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> it's, it's great the way they, they sing it too. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a great song i love how at the end it totally switches things up you mm-hmm. know it goes into this more like laid back ska part you know <laughs> to take it out you know it's cool yeah kind of like bring it down um just be like oh you know what yeah everything is gonna be all right everything's gonna be fine just chill out relax enjoy this little ska beat here yeah <laughs> yep which takes us into Inside Outside. You gotta love yourself on the inside for people to love you on the outside. Self-love, man. <laughs> the message on this song is so strong. And yeah. the way they put it right after Insecurities is just perfect. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, and thinking about the, the layout of this album, too, it's like a lot of fun, goofy uh, songs about stuff, right? It happens. Mm-hmm. And then, what was it? Probably insecurities maybe or face values it, it, it changes the the lyric style the the lyric uh the messages start to change more about personalities um <clears throat> insecurities bringing your own self out uh so this is definitely one of those songs that's like take a stop everything you're doing take a deep look at it <clears throat> what is happening around you? Um, how are you going to react to it? Yeah. Find your inner peace. Don't try to be anything you're not. Yeah. Yeah, they were definitely writing about what they knew at the time. You're right. There's some songs on here like New Girl where they're rubbing rubbing in, you know, new love to the to the ex and there's vans and there's and there's stuff like that. But then yeah, you got a lot of these other songs that are really at the at the core of just being a young man in a city and just like dealing with insecurities and dealing with you know, confusion and dealing with um, just trying to like keep your individualism in a, in a place that, you know, like a workplace that feels like, yeah, you're a number and um, 
or a, you know, you go to school in a place where there's not a lot of diversity and you're just like, ah, you know, like I need to, I need to branch out. I need to like find who I am and be that person. It kind of stops jumping around from genre to genre too. It, it's like they, they zeroed in on just being a punk band at this point. Uh, yeah, the last few songs on this record, punk songs, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like, yeah. identify with who you are. Um, mm-hmm. Be who you are. Don't let anybody else tell you who you should or shouldn't be. Don't let anyone tell you what you should or shouldn't worry about. Yeah. Worry about yeah. getting into college. Oh, why? Because that's what society wants. Um, mm-hmm. Worry about getting married and having kids. You're supposed but to. That's what, yeah, that's what everybody yeah. does. No, like if, if you want to go and go on tour at 18, go ahead, do it. <laughs> you know, like it, if, if you're passionate about something, if you really enjoy doing something, go and do it. And if it works out, wonderful. If it doesn't, then it now becomes a hobby for you and you can work on something else. You can go and mm-hmm. find another passion that you can live off of. <clears throat> yep. All right, let's take a look at Zero. Another punk song. This is definitely straightforward punk rock. Yes. I'm not the same as I was when I was young, and neither are you. There's been a lot of changes in the both of us. So, it's you know, a song about change about maybe growing apart you know i don't again ambiguous you you take what you can from it but just a good straightforward song something happened between the writer here and uh one of their friends a close friend or maybe a parental figure and they just Mm. were made to feel like they're nothing um, kind of like going back to islands. Um, mm-hmm. Their dreams weren't anything. They, they they would never achieve them. So, okay, the feedback, the, the support they got was nothing. <clears throat> it was more of a, a, retro, um, a retaliation to it, to, to what they wanted to do. They didn't want to go with the flow of everything else. And so this person, this friend, this family member mentor was like no you shouldn't do that it's dumb your dream is dumb (laughs) and then later on in life now they're realizing oh you know what things happen uh we've both changed should i apologize shouldn't apologize i Mm. now know that's how they really feel about myself my goals my dreams I'm just going to let it happen, let it be. I don't need to waste mm-hmm. any more time with you. Yeah. That's what yeah. I get out of this. And yeah, just growing apart. Like, you know, yeah. we're not the same as we used to be. We don't, yeah. we don't like the same things. We used to connect over, you know, X, Y, and Z. But now that we're older, we're not even interested in that stuff anymore. So, we're, you know, where does our relationship stand now? The stuff that used to connect us is no longer there. Have we been able to build new connections or are they just gone? You know, and sometimes it's hard, but you have to kind of realize that you do grow away from from people in your life yeah physically and uh you know just the way things are your interests um 
you can't really back in 96, you can't really keep in touch with someone who might move to a different city or a different mm. state even. So definitely. And then they get new friends and they get new um, motivations, new inspirations. And you look at this person, what they're doing. And again, maybe mm. they don't realign. They don't align at all. And mm. you just like, words might get said. And so therefore one or the other parties feel like they now feel like a zero. They have nothing more to contribute to anything. Yeah. Oh yeah. Zero. Yeah. (laughs) All right. The last song on the record is so long. And I really love this song. I think it's a great closer. I love the way it just has this cool, like, indie rockish intro. You know, they're, they're known as a ska punk band with the hardcore parts. But it was cool that they kind of, like, would dabble with this, this, in, this, this weird, like, rocking intro. You know, I wonder if back then if they ever got any flack for, for this. But probably not. But I, I think that they were just trying to do their own thing. <clears throat> you yeah. know, it goes back to the chaos of the original, uh, what, like, five, ten songs? Just mixing up mm-hmm. genres, uh, trying to do what felt best for the songs instead of just what felt best for marketing, selling. Yeah. And it's a great song. I love how there's different parts to it. You do have that indie rock part. You've got some ska in there. You've got. It, I feel like it brings all the components of the record kind of together in one last song, which is, is cool. I like it. It's got a... <clears throat> It's got a cool feel to it. It's a good, it's definitely a closer. Like I couldn't imagine so long, like in the middle of the record or like toward the beginning. And the, the message it gives too. It's like everything that just happened with uh, insecurities, islands. Uh, if you're you're reading it that way, because I I like stories. As I just mm-hmm. mentioned, I'm a storyteller, so I try and find a story with everything. Um, this is like saying goodbye to a past life, possibly. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of these things that had happened. Um, took place in their life, shaped them. Uh, so you just move on from it. You say, okay, this happened so long. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, I, I have to move on from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought that I knew everything about you. I pushed that flashing red button that set you off. I guess mm-hmm. I didn't really know you as well as I thought I did. So great song about really feeling like you know somebody until you really get to know them. It's like when they talk about people getting married, like, and I think no intention even had that song. We had that song habits where it's like, I wish I knew about your crazy habits before, you know, <laughs> we settled down together. I remember that song, yeah. Definitely a song that came from this, but like, yeah. yeah, like as you get to know someone, then you really get to know them. You know, you push that red button and you're like, Oh wow. I, you know, I didn't realize that you were like, you had such a bad temper or I didn't realize that like you didn't believe in COVID. Like these weird things that come out with people like after you get to know them for a while and you're like, Oh shit. I mean, it could also be a song about like self identification. You didn't really know yourself. You didn't, uh, you didn't think Mm. that something like this would trigger you off or um, you didn't think you'd, you'd be into doing podcasts with a great friend of yours about music, you know? <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it's a great song to, to think about, um, figure out your own, 
perspective of it, your own ideas mm-hmm. from it, and uh, say goodbye to the album. It, it's yeah. it's saying goodbye to the album, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's the end. Great closer. But, but Chris, there's actually one more song. Uh, people who stream this record digitally get a bonus track, and it is I Don't Want to Hear It, the Minor Threat cover. It's a fun and song. I love this cover, man. This is actually probably one of the first Suicide Machine songs I ever heard because it was on Misfits of Ska. And I just remember, I don't even think I knew who Minor Threat was at the time. I didn't know who Minor Threat was when yeah. I first heard this. I was like, this song is just insanely fast. <laughs> like, what is what is even happening? <laughs> just crazy. It was just great. I just love it. It's so the energy. fun. It's like you, when, when they play it live, you just want to... Like I said earlier, throw your hands up in the air, thrash around wildly, and enjoy what's about to happen. And you're about <laughs> to get smashed into people <laughs> yeah. from the mosh pit. I just or love it. Like, I don't want it. Yeah, it's great. I remember <laughs> my brother, who had absolutely no interest in ska or punk at all. I remember coming into my room once and hearing this. And, you know, to the untrained ear, this just sounds like chaos. I mean, it, it basically is a little bit of chaos. It is really know? chaos. And he's just yelling, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. And my brother just goes, I don't want to hear it. He just turned it off. <laughs> and I was like, well played, sir. Well Classic played. older brother move. All right. Yeah. Did you get that new Nas CD? Okay, cool. <laughs> nah, you know, we, we always got along great. And we liked a lot of the same music, but he just, he had like zero tolerance for, for ska. He was always like, it sounds like marching bands playing songs. A lot of people had a dislike for Scott, and I don't get, I get it, it because those it, same people are in the country. You don't want to be happy? <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be happy? You don't want to dance around? Come Not on. that all Scott's happy, but it presents us. It's, it's a very jovial... Yeah, very, I mean, we could probably, go off on a whole thing about 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 that, but uh, we'll save that. Um, great song, great cover. Love Minor Threat now. Uh, love this cover. It's always fun. To hear this, uh, I, I would love to see them live someday and, and hear them play this. I think the room would just go crazy. It's one of those songs you you could just throw into a set list, just as a way to be like, let's you know, let's poke the crowd a little bit. You know, <laughs> it's <laughs> one of those songs. Get everybody on their everybody feet. Knows. And, everybody yeah. knows, either yeah. from the Suicide Machines stream or from Minor, Th- Minor Threat. Yeah, it seems like such an easy song to play as long as you can play fast. <laughs> yep. Yep. And yeah. Everybody loves it. Everyone's gonna sing. Everyone's gonna point, you know, point their fingers in the air and and shout. So it's it's a surefire way to get things going at a live show. So that concludes the record. I want to take a quick look at the art, Chris, before we wrap up here. Uh, Jeff from the Scholars did the handwriting on the record. Steve from the Pacers did the artwork on the back. According to Jay in a Punk News art uh, interview. He said, I can honestly say that it was a record label decision. We kept coming up with all these covers and everybody hated them, including band members. And finally, they're like, dude, we really have to release this thing in two weeks. <laughs> so when it was time to do it, we didn't even have a cover. And someone at the label put this live photo. Everybody was like, yeah, that's it. And I was just like, no, dude, my butt. For the cover is fucking lame. <laughs> and everybody was like, no, no, too. that's it. Like, why does everyone want to see a big old butt? <laughs> I just love that story. 
it is a classic, like iconic picture. But when you really do think about it, it's like if you're the dude, if you're Jay, it's like, oh, you want to put my ass on the record? Cover. Yeah, awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, great. Well, great that's guys. how even I dressed back then. Like that, it, it, um, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, it was a representation of of the times, of the scene, of just the the people that were listening to the music too. Oh yeah, you, you got, got the, the chain wallet, you got the spiked yeah. belt, you got the vans, those the, flat, uncomfortable the pants, shoes. Yep, pants that are like halfway down your your butt, or like yeah. cargo pants too, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> you the baggy so t-shirts. Everybody wore an XXL back then, you know. You can have so many friends when you wear cargo pants. It's true. <laughs> I think it's a cool cover, though. I mean, I, yeah, hearing that story, you, you do kind of question it. Like, yeah, well, really? That's what they went with? But there is, like, an energy to this picture. You got these, you know, these guys are, like, leaping through the air. It's cool that it's in black and white, and you got the striking, like, the Suicide Machines logo. Yeah. Um, it is a cool cover. I mean, you can't really see much of, like, what's going on between these bodies that are just kind of floating in the air. But uh, I always, like... Trying to figure out what's going on. It looks like someone's foot is up in the air with like a shoe up in the air. It looks like someone's getting like tumbled in the mosh pit. I don't know. It's cool. I like. It looks it. like someone might be coming down from a uh, a crowd surf. You can't crowd surf. Yeah, like they're days. pushing him back up on stage or something. Yeah. 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 Or you know, you watch these old videos of him, and he's always in like that crouching position, just jumping around on stage like a wild man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you got looks like maybe the bass player in the background without a shirt. Yeah, Royce is back yeah. there. Yep. So it's cool. I like it's it. Good. It's it's blurry at the top. There's a lot of movement. It's uh yeah, it's Jay's butt, but it, it's cool. <laughs> it works. It works. <laughs> All right. Um, and then the uh, so I had the CD, um, mm-hmm. and and just having the CD be this, I don't even know what color it would be. Gray with like black dots through it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even know how to really describe it, but it's it's iconic. If I found it outside of the case, I always knew which one it was. It didn't need mm. any words for it. I'm like, oh, that's my Suicide Machine's Destruction by Definition CD. There it yeah. is. Yeah, I always look very hand homemade, very handmade, very, you know. I like that. I like that kind of like rustic sort of slap together. You know it was carefully done, but it's like carefully made to look slap together. And <laughs> right, yeah. It was professionally slapped together. <laughs> professionally slapped together. Which is how I do most things. That's how I, I do this podcast. Band slapped together. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris. In closing, the Suicide Machines is a band I will always hold near and dear to my heart, despite early beginnings of walking out of their set three songs deep because I just couldn't handle the screaming and yelling at my tired state. Uh, you know, one of the great regrets of my life, but getting their music and hearing the energy and just the power in these songs and just these are songs that you would only hear a few times before you knew all the words and they were just so much fun to listen to with friends like having it on in the car going to shows going to skate parks just you know this was like one of those records where if you went to a ska show chances are like you'd hear part of it between bands you know it was just such an awesome record tied to so many memories yeah. Just here, here in the uh, the inter between bands, um, the show um, playlists, whatever yeah. feels like the crowd could get into, and this is almost on every single one of their lists. Yeah, any song from it. Um, 
you have the nostalgia factor with Tony Hawk Pro Skater mm-hmm. 2. Yep. You have the movies that they've been in. Um, I personally have a lot of stories, as I've told. <laughs> uh, a lot of memories, great memories with this album. Um, the, the whole thing just seems and feels like absolute chaos until you actually sit down and read through it as it's being played. And you're like, oh, okay. So that's why the tempo changed here. Um, this is the point they're trying to get across here. Um, it, it's it's a phenomenally well-written album, in my yeah. point of view. Uh, they, they sing a lot about the life changes um, and how to deal with them in different ways. It's It's great. Well, Chris, I would like to thank you so much for hanging out with me today and going through this record with me. It was a lot of fun talking to you about Suicide Machines. Thank you for having me on again, Jed. I, I love music. I'll talk about anything. Uh, <laughs> my my passions are punk and ska. Um, slowly getting into more jazz, more classical, though, uh, nice. recently. So, you know, just trying to be slightly changing things up a bit. Sure. But, uh, yeah, more well-rounded. Exactly. <laughs> but I'll always dive back into the chaos that is the Suicide Machines. Hell love yeah, it. it's that wonderful, wonderful chaos. I just love how fast and dizzying this music is. I, I, I want I want someone to do like one of those like YouTube reaction videos where like they sit kids down and they're like, this is the Suicide Machines and play them like, you know, one of these songs that just switches on a dime from punk to ska and they're screaming and yelling and there's multiple vocals and all of a sudden there's horns and organs and it's like, <laughs> I just would love to see someone's like fresh take on oh my god what is happening <laughs> but i love my it my nephews so. would love it my nephews the other night at dinner were just rocking out to uh pantera and oh, i'm like gosh. you guys like pantera now <laughs> oh the old pantera phase yeah yeah so Everyone uh, i'll one. definitely have to get them into uh listening to some of this more do it do it <laughs> All right. I would like to thank all the various places on the internet where I dug up this information. I would especially like to thank the In Defense of Scott podcast, Aaron Carnes and Adam Davis, two great guys who love Scott even more than I do. I'd like to thank Chris DeMakes from Less Than Jake for the theme music. And I would like to send a big, huge, sloppy hug and kiss to all of you for tuning in to Talking Records. It's a blast to dive into these fantastic records, chat about the songs, and try to gather up all the information we can into one neat little podcast try to gather it all up like you know just one-stop shop learn everything you can about a record here uh check us out on the socials say hello suggest albums tell us how you got into the suicide machines all right chris any last words i think i'm all set because i have to let my dogs out now (laughs) all right you go let those pups out and i will see you soon my friend we're gonna go uh we're gonna go some ska shows sounds good all right talk to you soon jed see you chris thanks again all right Bye.